0: The following sermon, entitled Training Up Our Children, 12th in the Series on Proverbs for Parenting, was preached on the morning of May 22, 2022, at Hope Protestant Reformed Church in Redlands, California. If you enjoyed listening to our sermons, we encourage you to come worship with us. For more information on upcoming service times and Bible study opportunities, please visit our website at hopeprc.org. Let's open God's Word this morning to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 22. We will read the first 15 verses. The text for this morning's sermon will be verse 6. Proverbs chapter 22. This is the inspired and thus infallible Word of our God. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the froward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. Cast out the scorner, And contention shall go out, yea, strife and reproach shall cease. He that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, and he overthroweth the words of the transgressor. The slothful man saith, there is a lion without, I shall be slain in the streets. The mouth of strange women is a deep pit. He that is abhorred of the Lord shall fall therein. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Thus far we read God's Word this morning. The text for this morning's sermon is verse 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Early in my ministry, we began as a congregation a series of baptism sermons entitled Proverbs for Parenting. That is, on the occasion of baptism, we have most often turned to the book of Proverbs, and we have taken different Proverbs and applied them to the calling that we have as parents to raise our children. It has been about nine months since we last had a sermon in this series. That's partly due to the fact that there have been few baptisms. And it's also due to the fact that the last two times we've had a baptism, I've preached from different passages of Scripture. But rather than just leaving this series hanging and moving on, thought it would be good to bring it to a conclusion, to wrap it up, and we do that this morning. This will be the final sermon in this series, and this text that we consider this morning is indeed an appropriate conclusion to the series as a whole. In fact, when I began this series of sermons at the outset, I had in mind this text as the last sermon in this series, because this passage really is the capstone. This passage is the climax. Because this passage of Scripture, train up a child in the way that he should go, really brings together so many of the different things that we have seen throughout this series. And what is more, this is a fitting conclusion because it provides us encouragement train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That is, this passage encourages us that our faithful covenant God will use our weak and feeble efforts as parents for the spiritual good of our children. He will use us as instruments in His hand to realize His own saving purpose. So this morning, we want to look at Proverbs 22, verse 6, using as our theme, very simply, training up our children. First, we'll look at the calling, and then second, at the encouragement, taking the two halves of the proverb. Proverbs 22, verse 6 reads, Train up a child in the way that he should go. This is God's calling to parents concerning their children. That this passage comes primarily to parents is evident from the language that's found here. In our English Bibles, we simply read, train up a child. But in the Hebrew language, you can always tell the person being addressed, that is first, second, or third. I, you, he. And you can always tell the gender, male or female here, Train up a child is addressed to a man and it's put in the second person so that we could read it as you, sir, train up your child so that this passage is addressed first and foremost to fathers. To those who are the heads of their home, but then by extension, that includes the mothers in the home. This is a calling to parents. And now when we say that, we are not precluding the fact that there are others who are involved in the instruction of our children. There are others. We have good Christian school teachers who stand in the place of parents for seven hours a day training up our children. The church also sees to the instruction of the children. The church catechizes the youth so that they too play a role, but though there are others involved, the primary calling is on the parents. And it's with that in mind that a warning needs to be sounded against what one minister called being an I-sent-them parent. I-sent-them parents are those parents who wrongly suppose that by sending their children to others for religious training, that that constitutes the whole, or if not the whole, the vast majority of their responsibility, of their calling as parents, to instruct their children from a spiritual point of view. And we call them, I sent them parents, because that's what they're always saying you address their children's misbehavior, if you exhort them in their calling, what is the response? Well, I sent them to the good Christian school. I sent them to catechism. I sent them to Sunday school. I sent them to this. I sent them to that. Is that not my calling? And what is most often the case with such a parent is that this I sent them is really indicative of laziness, spiritual laziness on their account when it comes to raising their children. And now, please do not misunderstand the point. The point is not that there's a problem with sending them. In fact, that is a part of the calling and the responsibility of parents. Send them to the Christian school. Send them to catechism. Send them to Sunday school. But the point is, that's not the whole of it. A parent may not say, because I sent them, I've done my duty. But rather, parents have the calling here. Parents have the calling to send their children to these other places prepared to recite their catechism, having their homework completed. And when the children are in the home, the parents have the calling, the responsibility to be training their children, to be instructing their children. So this calling comes to parents. And this is a calling concerning their children. Concerning their children of all ages. And we add those words of all ages because of the Hebrew word that's used here. It's one that's very broad in meaning that can refer to children from really any point in their development. For this Hebrew word is sometimes used of newborn babies. It's sometimes used of infants, toddlers. It's even used of teenagers and even of children who are of a marriageable age. And the fact that this word is used here, train up a child, is teaching us that so long as that child is in our home, under our authority, we have the calling to train them. Now that means on the one end that no child is too young to receive this instruction. In fact, there are many who take this passage and say that's what's primarily in view here. Start early while they're at their youngest possible age. Start training them even when they are but babes, when they're but infants. And we might ask, well, how can I train up a child who cannot even speak, who cannot even understand what I'm saying to them? The way we train the youngest of children is by letting them hear biblical sounds from the time that they are but babies. That is, the sounds that our infants, our toddlers, are to hear in the home are not to be the sounds of the entertainment of the world. They're not to be the sounds of parents always fighting and bickering and yelling at each other. But they're to be biblical sounds. The sound of the singing of the songs of Zion. The sound of parents living in peace with one another, in a loving relationship as husband and wife. The sound of the Bible being read at mealtime. And God will use those sounds so that our children as children are being trained. But not only is there no child too young to begin training, it goes the other way too. That insofar as our children are still in the home, still under our authority, They're never too old for training. And here, the instruction needs to be given on the opposite end that for the parents of young adults and young people, it's not as though, well, I did the training I'm supposed to, and now that they're old enough, I really don't have that much more to teach them. I can sort of take a hands-off approach. And parents begin to just coast along as parents, but... The calling of the text is train up a child. Even if he's a teenager, even if he's of a marriageable age, train up that child in the way that he should go. So thus far we've considered the subject. This calling comes to parents. We've considered the object. Train up children. Now we have to come to the main instruction of the passage. Everything in the middle, the verb and the prepositional phrase that goes along with it. Train up a child. In the way he should go. The way that he should go. Proverbs consistently make a distinction between the way of wisdom on the one hand and the way of folly on the other. The way of the righteous on the one hand and the way of the wicked on the other. And for our purposes this morning, we can put it in the language of the text. That is, There is the way that we would go and the way that we should go. There is a way that we would go by nature and it's the way of sin and disobedience. And we can say that in light of the very chapter that we read, specifically verse 15. Verse 15 we read, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. The rod of correction shall drive it from him." That's quite the statement. There's foolishness bound up, wrapped up in the hearts of our children. And this is reminding us that though our newborns are so innocent looking from a certain point of view, nevertheless, they were conceived in iniquity. They were born in sin. That is, our children inherited from their first father, Adam, his sinfulness, his guilt, and his corruption. And even when our children are born at the youngest possible age, they still have that depraved nature within them. There's foolishness bound up in their heart. And for that very reason, if we just... Let our children walk whichever way without any sort of guidance, without any sort of instruction. There's a way that they would go. It's the way of sin. It's the way of disobedience. It's the way of rebellion. It's the broad way that leads to destruction. And because of that foolishness bound up in their hearts, their feet are going to gravitate toward that path that they would go. And that means when this passage calls us to train them up in the way that they should go, that means keeping them from that path that they would go. Telling them that's not the proper way over against the way they would go. We must train them to walk up in the way that they should go. And the way they should go is the the path of faith in Jesus Christ. It's the way characterized by obedience. It's the, the narrow way that leadeth unto Everlasting life. And it's the way we should go because this is the pathway that God has marked out for us in His Word. This is the pathway that's pleasing to our God. So two different pathways. Calling of the text is train up the child in the way he should go. Not the way He would by nature go. And the idea of training them up is literally dedicate them to that path. Devote them to that path. And we can say that, again in light of the word that's used here. This word train up, somewhat surprisingly, is not one of the common words that we find all throughout the book of Proverbs that has the idea of instructing or teaching or disciplining or correcting. There are many Proverbs that use those terms. But this is in fact a very rare word. It's used only three other times in all of the Old Testament. And in all three of those instances, it's used with reference to the dedication of a building This is the word used, for example, with reference to the dedication of the temple in the days of Solomon. And the fact that that's the the idea as it's found in Scripture, when we find this word in Proverbs 22, verse 6, it's teaching us that this training up of our children is a matter of dedicating them, devoting them, consecrating them to this way that they should Go that is devoting them, dedicating them to the Lord their God. Even as godly Hannah devoted her son Samuel to the Lord. Parents, have you done this with your children? Even the parents of the wicked world dedicate their children to something. And now that something is usually academics, or it's sports, or it's music, or to success from a general point of view. But the parents of the world most often are fully willing to devote time, energy, and resources to seeing to it that their children, their their child is going to fit in, that their child is going to make it in life. To what or to whom are we dedicating our children? Is it the same thing as the world? Is that where our time, our energy, and our resources as parents are going? so that our children are very good at a particular sport, so that they're gifted as musicians, so that they're going to be successful in life. What's most important to us as parents? calling of the passage is train up a child in the way he should go. Devote him. Dedicate him to Jehovah God. That's what's most important. But now it's one thing to say, train up a child in the way that he should go. Dedicate him to that path. But the question becomes how? What exactly does that look like? In what manner are we to train up our children? And in answer to that question, there are four things that we can say this morning. These four things are really a summary of everything that we have considered during the course of this series of sermons, Proverbs for Parenting. Here we wrap up, we conclude what we've been taught throughout. How are we to train up our children first? By instructing them. By teaching them. And this is indeed something we've seen throughout the entire series. And the point here is not teach them math, teach them writing, teach them science, teach them history. Those things are important to be sure. But those things by themselves are not training up the child in the way that he should go. All that can be a part of the path that they would go. But the point is obviously, teach them, instruct them in the truths of God's Word. We're saying, Psalter 213, and the point there was teach them redemptive history. Tell them all the stories of God's work to save His people. But don't stop there. Teach them the, the doctrines that are found in God's Word. Teach them the truths of the Reformed faith as they are taught here in this Christian church that's a part of our vow as parents when we have our children baptized. We're to teach them What this way that they should go looks like. What a life of obedience looks like in contrast to the way that they would go when we're to sound the warning against that way. We're to teach our children. And the reality is that this simply takes time. And now there are many ways to spend the time that we have with with our children, the afternoons and the evenings. There are many different things that will readily fill up that time, but how are we using it? Are we taking time to teach, to instruct our children? Are we making sure there is that time where we can gather together as a family, whether it's around the dinner table when we eat, whether it's sitting on the couch later on in the evening... There needs to be that time in the Word when we're teaching our children. There needs to be that time when we're going over their memory verse for Sunday school, going over the lesson with them. There need to be those times where we simply make opportunities to teach them the truths of God's Word. So first, we train up our children in the way that we should go by teaching them, instructing them. Second, we do so by our example. By our example, again, this is something we've seen again and again and again as we looked at specific topics, specific aspects of parenting. We saw that one of the most important things is that our children are going to learn by our example. For the reality is that our children will probably learn more from watching us, our conduct, and our behavior than they will learn from what we teach them. So what are they learning from our example? Are they learning to develop sinful patterns of behavior? Or are they learning to walk in the way that they should go? Calling of the passage is train up a child in the way that he should go. First, we do that by instructing them. Second, by our example. And third, we do this by disciplining them. And that's an important part of it exactly because... There is that foolishness bound up in their heart. There's that sinfulness within. And what is more, there's the devil who is after our children. For you may be sure that when that mark of baptism is placed upon the foreheads of our children, that's not a deterrent for the devil so that he now stays away from our baptized children. But if anything, it's a mark whereby he becomes all the more focused on these children. They've been set apart unto God and now the devil is going to go after them. And because there's that sinfulness within the hearts of our children, because there's temptation from without, our children will walk in the way of sin at times. They will violate God's commandments and therefore discipline becomes necessary. And that's the instruction from that other verse we've been referring to. Proverbs 22, verse 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. It's the rod that we must use to drive away, to dispel that foolishness that's found in the hearts of our children. We use the rod to teach them that that way they would go is a way of pain, it's a way of ruin, it's a way of misery. My son, do not go down that path. So we train up our children by teaching them. We train them up by our example and we train them up by discipline. And now fourth and finally, we train them up in the way that we should go by the Gospel of Jesus Christ. If there is only one point from this entire series of sermons that you remember, let it be this point. We are to parent with the Gospel. And by Gospel, I am using that word in the narrow sense of the meaning. That is, I'm not using it in the broad sense as a synonym for the whole of Scripture for the whole of God's Word. That too is important. Train them up with the Bible, that is, teach them the truths of God's Word. Yes, that's a part of the point. But we're using the gospel in the narrow sense of the word as the good news concerning Christ, the good news concerning salvation in Christ. And the point being, we're to parent with the gospel and that we point our children to Christ. And this needs to be said because this is not our default setting as parents, if I may put it that way. Our default setting is to parent exclusively with the law. And parenting with the law sounds like this Do this. Don't do that. If you do this, you will get a spanking. If you don't do that, you're going to be grounded. So that what our children hear, what they know from our parents is only commands and only disciplines. And again, please do not misunderstand the point. The point is not that there's no place for the law in parenting, because the reality is that instruction from the law is an important aspect of parenting. We must set rules in the household. Absolutely. And those rules must be enforced. There must be discipline when those rules are broken. But the point is, that may never become the whole of our parenting. It may not be only in all law. But as parents, we are to parent with the Gospel. That is, we're to point our children to Christ because our children need Christ even as we need Christ. We're to train up our children. And the way that they should go, that is, we're to, to devote them, to, to get, dedicate them to knowing Christ, to following Christ, to serving Christ. And really, we can take the first three things that we've said about how we go about training up our children, and we can see that all three of them have to be tied to the gospel. So that in our instruction, the most important part of that instruction, that teaching them, is teaching them about Christ. Teach them who He is. Teach them what He's done. His saving work. And everything there is to know about Him. Teach them about Christ when we read our Bibles. So So that our children learn no matter where they are, on the pages of sacred Scripture. We're to be looking for Christ. So that as parents, when we know that this Old Testament passage is referring to Christ, that this is a prophecy, we point that out to our children so that they learn to see Him on on every page of Scripture. So too, our example is to be an example whereby our children learn about Christ. were to model Christ-like behavior for them. The Apostle Paul was able to say to the church at Corinth, imitate me, follow me, even as I follow Christ. That is, by following my example, you're following Christ. And that's what our children must be able to learn as well. Imitate their parents. And in imitating their parents, they'll be imitating Christ. And even our discipline is... To be connected to the Gospel. Our discipline must be have the purpose of driving our children to Christ to make them sorry for their sins. To show them their need for a Savior. And that means when we discipline, it's more than just the administration of some pain. But it includes taking the time to have our children say sorry. To have them pray a prayer, Father, forgive me. And then to bring them the Gospel my son there's forgiveness for this particular sin that's how we are to train our children and now admittedly this is a difficult calling there are many challenges that we face as parents And it's for that very reason that Scripture itself gives us encouragement. There is indeed encouragement found in this particular passage of Scripture. And that's the second half of the proverb. First half, train up a child in the way he should go. Second half, and here's the encouragement, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. How are we to understand these words? Well, the idea is not that it's my training as a parent that makes it so that when a child is old, he will not depart. This passage is not setting forth some condition that I must train them in order to make it so that they do not depart when they're older. It's not teaching us that this is all dependent on me or on us as parents. But rather, we must understand this passage of Scripture in light of what we learn about God's covenantal promise. His promise as it's recorded, for example, in Genesis 17, verse 7, where God says, I will establish My covenant between Me and Thy seed after Thee. And this is not a promise that God is going to save every single child of believing parents. And it's in light of that, we recognize that when we read Proverbs 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's older, he will not depart from it. It's not saying every single child who grows up in a godly home who receives this training is necessarily going to remain faithful when he is older. But yet, God is very much saying to us, I will establish My covenant in the line of generations. I will continue My covenant with your children. It's the light of that, that when we look at our children, we have no reason to doubt their salvation. That God will continue His covenant with them. And then when we come to this passage in Proverbs 22, verse 6, we understand it in light of that fundamental promise of the covenant. So that the idea is that for God's covenant children, that is the Jacobs in the covenant, in the sphere of the covenant, God will use us as parents for the salvation of our children. That is, He will take that instruction that we give and He will make it effectual. He will use us as parents as instruments in His hand, as tools in His hand so that all that training we do has the intended purpose that that child is brought to faith, that that child is preserved, In his or her salvation. Not that we're the ones making that happen. Not that it depends on us. But that God is using us to realize His own saving purposes in the hearts and lives of our children. Is that not encouraging? There's encouragement for us as parents. Parents. For the many times when that foolishness in our children's hearts does come out, when it does manifest itself, the encouragement for us, in spite of that, this is what would have been encouragement for Jacob, that patriarch of the twelve sons. How much did their foolishness not come out. So that even when they were a bit older, that we read in the pages of Scripture of them committing acts of murder, committing acts of adultery. There was foolishness in their hearts coming to expression. yet, there was encouragement for Jacob in that when they were old, they did not depart from the things that He taught them. And so it is for us. There's perhaps nothing more frustrating, nothing more discouraging for parents than to see that sinfulness within coming out in the lives of our children. But the encouragement is train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is encouragement for parents who are worried, who are concerned about the Ungodly, the many ungodly influences upon their children. No doubt that was the concern of Amram and jochebed the parents of Moses, who had only a brief time to teach him, but then had to give them Moses over to Pharaoh's daughter where he would live surrounded by the ungodly, where he would not have any godly influences. But yet, though that was true, though there were ungodly influences on him, when Moses was older, we read that when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. And we recognize in that, God used even that brief time that Amram and Jochebed had so that when Moses was old, he did not depart from what he was taught when he was a child. And that's encouragement for us this morning. It's encouragement for us who are concerned about the increasing wickedness of the world around us when we cringe at the environment that our children are going to grow up in. It's encouragement for us when one spouse is not a member of the church when one spouse even tries to pull the children away from the church, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's older, he will not depart from it. This is even encouragement for parents whose children perhaps do depart for a time. Who go in the way that they would go even as Manasseh did. Though Hezekiah was spared from seeing the worst of it, what a grief. It must have been and would have been to see his son Manasseh rejecting all that he was taught as a child and going in the way of idolatry, going in the way of sin. But yet, when he was old, God brought Manasseh to repentance. And He used chastening to do that, but no doubt a part of what God used for Manasseh was that instruction He received as a child from His godly father Hezekiah. And that's encouragement for us who perhaps have children going through a rebellious spurt. For have children who've maybe even left the church altogether. There's still hope. Because God's Word is train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So there is encouragement, but yet, perhaps his parents... It's not sinking in. Because as we've listened to this sermon, what's been on our heart and mind is, but I've failed. The passage says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. I'm hearing when he's old, he will not depart from it. That sounds wonderful. but what if I have not trained up that child? What if my instruction has been lacking? What if my example has been poor? What if my discipline has been inconsistent at best? What if I feel like a complete failure as a parent? What then? There's still encouragement. There's still encouragement knowing that good news of the gospel of salvation in Christ. Parents, take that sense of guilt, that sense of failure, and bring it to the cross. Because there's forgiveness. Forgiveness for our sins even as parents. That's a part of what Christ paid for. And what is more, there's strength to be found in Christ. For this morning, we recognize our weakness as parents. We recognize our shortcomings, our failures. I have not trained up my children in the way that they should go like I should have. I'm the one who's gone on the way that I would go as a parent. Not only are those sins forgiven, but there's also strength to be found in Christ for His strength is made perfect in our His Grace is sufficient for us. So as parents, we go again and again and again to the cross of Jesus Christ because we need that Gospel even as our children need that Gospel. But what about my children? Well, His grace is sufficient for them too. Our trust is in Jesus Christ and our trust is that Christ died not only for parents, but for children too. For did not Christ receive the children who were brought to Him? Did He not take them in His arms and bless those children, thereby teaching us? He came to save our children as children. Not just when they get older and confess their faith before men, then He'll save them. No. But as children, as little babes in our arms. Christ died for them. And what is more, Christ does what we as parents never could do. He works in their hearts. For as parents, the reality is that even if we could perfectly train up our children in the the way they should go, that we had no shortcomings, no failures as parents, we still could not access their hearts We could instruct them. We could provide an excellent example. We could discipline them every time they go astray and it could still all come to nothing unless the Lord builds up the house they that labor, labor in vain. Our trust is in the work of Christ who can and who does work in the hearts of our children for He sends His Spirit to live, to dwell within the hearts of of our children. And He works powerfully. He works irresistibly. He works efficaciously. And our trust is in Him. Our trust is that He will use us, sinners, weak, feeble, and He'll use us as instruments to realize His own saving purposes to continue His covenant in the line of generations. And it's in light of that that we understand this proverb. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Amen. Our Father which art in heaven, we thank and praise Thee for Thy Word and for the comfort and encouragement it provides for us as parents. For we do confess that we are sinners, that we have not trained up our children as we ought to. But We rejoice knowing that there is forgiveness for our sins and that Thou wilt work in the hearts of our children in spite of our weaknesses. And that Thou wilt use even a small beginning in a life of obedience to this passage for the spiritual good of our children. Father, be faithful to Thy promise to establish Thy covenant with us and our children. Hear this prayer for Christ's sake. Amen.